Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. And I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open to Hope Shop. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, we got a lot of kids home sheltered with the family and a, a lot going on right now. And uh, it's really a difficult time for everybody during this COVID pandemic and having caregiver support and having people get together as caregivers that know information that can help the general public is great. And there's a great organization. We're going to be talking today about helping children and teens deal with shelter in place and the coronavirus. This topic is near and dear to my heart because I am COVID-19 positive and one of my biggest concerns as I spent the last two weeks getting through the coronavirus, and luckily I am at the end of it, but was helping to manage my 15-year-old's anxiety. And it's been super hard because although I've been telling her I'm going to be okay, I had to isolate and she saw the mask and the gloves and she's, you know, she sees the news and it's been really hard. So I'm very interested in talking to our expert today about how do we help kids in this time of uncertainty. And our, our guest today is Vicki J. Hello, Vicki. And uh, he is the CEO of the National Alliance for Grieving Children. Vicki has received numerous awards for her work in the bereavement field and she is an expert on how to help children and teens. So welcome to the show, Vicki. Thank you so much, Heidi. I appreciate being here today. Can I just start by saying, you know, I am so um, impressed that you're so open about your recent situation because when people hear your story, it gives hope to all of us. Um, it opens it up. And I do believe that that's the bottom line is being open about this topic and talking about it. And so you've, you've set the stage. I, I really appreciate that, Vicki. I was, I was diagnosed relatively early on in all this, and I struggled about whether or not I wanted to come forth. There was some shame involved in, in testing positive and embarrassment, which I know probably sounds weird. Um, you know, I'm used to being the helper, not the one getting the help. So right. being vulnerable and coming out there, you know, was a difficult decision. But at the end of the day, like you said, I wanted to give people hope. I wanted to let them know that while there are people struggling and my heart very much breaks for them, there's also going to be a lot of people that become COVID-19 and survive. So I think it's important for people to know because I know a lot of people out there are very anxious right now about getting it. Absolutely. So thank you. Thank you. You know, when we talk about kids, I guess I just want to tell you that that's what we need to do is talk with kids. Um, not around kids, not about kids, but talk with kids. Um, I don't know all the things that you did with your 15-year-old, but I know no matter what the age is, kids know more than we think they know. Mm -hmm. um, and when they don't know, they fill in with their imagination. And their imagination is so much worse than reality so many times. 
So, you know, just making them a part of what's going on and filling them in. There's a lot of, you know, pros and cons on that. And you introduced me, Heidi, as the expert in children and teens. And there is no such thing, by the way. There is no one that is the expert. Um, but what I share with you today and always is things that we've learned from kids about kids. I think they can be our teachers if we let them be. Well, well, the problem is this, and I, I definitely need your advice on it. You know, while we don't want to overshare to make kids anxious, here are these kids are, here our kids are sheltered in. They're now in online school. They don't get to see anybody anymore. Their world has changed so profoundly. They've had, they've already had loss. So they're oftentimes afraid somebody else is going to die. Um, how do we manage their anxiety right now? What kind of things can we do? You know, I think one of the most important things is just checking in with kids to find out where they are. Um, you know, kind of doing a temperature check on emotions, but also on information and knowledge. And so anytime you're talking with any age child about anything, it's really good to know where they are, what, what they understand about it to date and kind of what's going on in their head. So, um, you know, one of the simplest things is just to not even make it about COVID necessarily, but just say, tell me about your day. What are you thinking about today? What are you excited about? What are you worried about? What are you looking forward to? What are you dreading? Kind of a, a back and forth. So there's a positive and a not so positive question and answer opportunity. Mm -hmm. And what you'll find out is whatever rises to the top of that is really what's in their head and their heart. So if you walk in and say, are you worried about COVID? They're going to, of course, go, well, should I be? <laughs> you know, because it sends the message, you should be worried. Mm -hmm. But rather, if you just start by generic conversation saying, tell me what you're thinking about. Tell me what you're worried about. Tell me, you know, something good that you heard today, something not so good. You'll find out kind of where they are. So that's that assessment piece. You can't make it so broad that they can answer fine you know, okay, or uh, as many teens do, but giving them an opportunity to say something positive and something not so positive that's in, in their mind. Heidi's sister has something she does with us every so often, which is kind of nice when we're sitting around uh, just hanging out or doing something. She'll say, let's do the rose and the thorn. What's your rose today? What good thing happened? And what's your thorn? And she keeps it pretty brief. When people start rattling on, she's like, no, no, no. And you only get one. Oh, <laughs> and you know, and um, so I'm a part of a lot of grief centers across the U.S. for kids. And we do that in all of our groups. You can call it rose and thorn, high and low, you know, whatever you want to call it. But all it is is a way to check in and not assume. So not every child that comes into a grief center um, for a support night is maybe the top of their mind is not the death of that person, but it's something else that's going on. So, you know, and it also gives you a way, you know, you can ask all kinds of open-ended questions like, you know, what did you hear today you didn't understand? Or what's one thing you learned today, you heard today, you know, whatever. And then the next thing is to just give them little bits. It's kind of like, I, I joke about this, but as a parent, I was always afraid of the big sex question when kids were going to ask me. And, you know, you think it's because you have to explain it to them. Right. That's not what they're asking. They're just asking one piece of that pie. So the same thing on COVID. They don't need to understand it. None of us understand it. Our doctors don't understand it. I talked to a doctor today who said, we're getting such mixed messages and they don't all line up. Yeah. So 
we can't really help them make sense of something we don't know, but we can help them bit by bit kind of downsize that fear and know, you know what, as soon as they know, you'll know, you know, we'll, we'll just kind of um, downsize it a little bit. For kids, um, it's really important that you filter their media. That's what feed, feeds the fear in all of us. Don't have it where there's volume and visual. When you need to check, check on your own devices privately so that it's not just being fed to them. It doesn't all make sense. Some of it is, you know, matched. Some of it isn't. Even just the Dow Jones ticker tape makes people anxious watching those numbers go up and down as our president is talking or whatever. So just get rid of that and absolutely make sure that it's not the last thing they watch or hear before they go to bed. Mm -hmm. um, when you're, when you're, anybody's body finally settles down at night, you replay things in your head. And so you want the last thing that they heard to not be that, to be something very, very positive. Um, that they hear something from you or a shared experience, but not whatever's being fed to us, you know, by the media. I know my grandsons are watching the uh, office reruns. <laughs> yeah, anything that's, and the other thing is to make this a shared event. Mm -hmm. So, you know, take advantage. We're all shelter down, locked down, house arrest, whatever words you want to use, depending on where you are. But rather than focus all the energy as a family on the negative, a way to reduce everybody's anxiety is to focus on the positive. This is the first time that our families have had an opportunity, excuse, whatever you want to call it, to eat together, to cook together, to play together, you know, to kind of, even though some of it's a little forced time, the results are so miraculous. And we hope that our kids look back at this era and say, I remember the COVID, that's when we played, you know, whatever, and dad cooked spaghetti for us. I think another real tool to help kids with anxiety is when our life is out of control, we seek control. We really want to be able to control something. And so give your kids something they can control. Give them choices every day. I, uh, do you want to eat this or this? Do you want to watch this or this? Just those choices. You may not realize what that's doing, but it's giving you the feeling that you are in control of parts of your life. Um, we're dictated right now where others are controlling some of the things we can and can't do. So the things that we have open um, access to, let's, let's let the kids feel like they're a part of that. You know, if you take a three-year-old and just say, what do you want to wear today? That's a big deal for them. The other thing is that kids have a, we all have a real need to do something. Mm -hmm. um, you know, let's, after I live in the world of um, end of life and death and dying and grief. And, and so at a funeral, many, many times after a funeral, people, you know, what do you always do? You take food, you call them, you go do something, you order flowers. And so many of us have taken food when we knew they didn't need food. That was the last thing they need. But our need to do was larger than their need to receive. Mm -hmm. We had a need to do something. Yep. So in this case, we're all feeling very anxious because what do we do? How do we handle this? So giving kids, no matter what their age is, some productive things to do. And especially if it can be in the world of helping others, mm -hmm. because that really does 
help us. So it can be as simple as writing letters to somebody, saying prayers, sharing something, you know, doing your, um, doing a do good, putting together care packages, helping with the mask, whatever it is that you can come up with age appropriate for your child or your family to do gives us a sense of purpose and relieves a lot of that inside stuff and lets it out. That's really what we're dealing with is how do we get all this inside feelings of anxiety and fear and let them out. And the only way we can do that is provide vehicles for that. We spent so much time connecting with each other. It's really hard to be physically distanced. Mm -hmm. And um, that's something else that I would, a hint I would say for kids, social isolation is a really scary term for kids. Mm-hmm. And we're not trying to be socially isolated. We want to be socially connected, yeah. not isolated. So we, well, I like using the word physically distance. I know in New York, they're doing more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's all we're talking about is just the physicalness of the, the relationship. That's it. All the other components of the relationship should still be there. I agree with you, Vicki. I don't even know where we came up with the social distancing piece because we are socially connected. We are. I think I would encourage everybody to think out of the box. How can we support each other in this environment and involve kids in the positive solutions of how to support each other, making sure they're informed just a little bit along the way as they go and you check with, in with them all day long. Thank you, Jade. Thank you so much for all this great information. And can you tell people how to find the National Alliance for Grieving Children? Absolutely. I'd love for you to know that we are www.childrengrieve.org and there is a wealth of resources on our website that are put together by experts in childhood bereavement across the nation. Um, Many, many, most of them are downloadable. They're free resources. We also have webinars two or three times a week right now specific about COVID. So please look up the National Alliance for Grieving Children at www.childrengrieve.org. Great. Well, thank you, Vicki, and thanks for all the wonderful work you do. Thank you both for all you're doing, and Heidi, please stay healthy. Thank you so much, Vicki, and thanks for so much you do for, for grieving families and children and teens. We really appreciate it. I appreciate all you're doing. And thanks, everybody, for joining us on the show today, and Heidi and I always want to remind you to visit us at opentohope.com and to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own and God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.